What is up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Pointless Opinions Podcast, and I am your host, Mark Hendrickson. Honestly, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just wanted to chat with some people and learn their perspectives and opinions on things, so I guess that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Also, this is a good excuse to learn how to create, record, and produce a podcast, so I guess there's that as well. That intro track, since I could tell you were wondering, is called Funky Podcast Intro, and I think it's pretty safe to say it lived up to its name. My first guest is none other than Gage Hartman. Gage is a real estate agent in Duluth, Minnesota, who also is the host of his own podcast called The High Five with Gage Hartman, which was part of the inspiration to start my own. As I said before, I really have no idea what I'm doing, so... There's no real structure or plan in place. Also, the audio quality might be pretty terrible because we were using a Zoom call and they're doing construction pretty much all around me, it seems. But just a fair warning. So without further ado, let's get into it. Have you used the Zoom thing much or no? I've used Zoom a lot, yeah. I was going to say, I just dabbled with it for the first time like last week for uh, Ryan Donovan's thing. What's with the Chinese thing? <laughs> what do you mean? Haven't you heard the rumors that like Chinese people hack Zoom and like everybody's data is all spread around the internet and shit? No, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I saw that was like right when a couple of weeks ago, one of the tech blogs or some shit tweeted out that all of the data centers or like the data centers were in China company was in san francisco but they routed them all through china really allegedly i mean i don't so know So you think they're they're trying to gather some extra info you think china might be then actually i was on twitter this morning and i saw that five hundred thousand like zoom account info i don't know what that all includes but apparently that was found on the dark web what the fuck is the dark web even do you know um I watched a uh, I watched a TikTok on it recently. <laughs> so to say that I'm highly educated in it is honestly that's about right. So, I know I really don't know. I think it's it's just a place that you can sell and buy sketchy things and they have sketchy websites, but Sounds they don't tr- follow by the typical right. rules of the internet. <laughs> I was gonna say remember like the that's how I think that's probably how the first time I heard of Bitcoin. Because it was probably was it through the dark web. Yeah, or people like the Silk Road. Do you know what that is? Are you oh yeah, where you used to, you could buy like uh, fake IDs and drugs and yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's how a lot of these these college kids from like eight years ago all of a sudden found out that they have seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars sitting in their yeah. Bitcoin account because yeah. they bought a fake ID. Had <laughs> <years> <laughs> a fake ID, by the way. Did you? I tried when I was when I was 19. I paid 250 dollars, and I uh, I had to wire it to Transylvania, which honestly I didn't think was a real place. I thought that was just where like vampire lived or whatever. I'm hearing of it, right? Yeah, but I was like, I mean, whatever. I didn't. Why do I care where it comes from? So it wired him 250. It was supposed to be here two weeks later, and never showed up. And, you know, and it's like, that's the kind of thing where you want to be like, that's it. I'm going to fucking go after these guys. But I mean, you're committing a crime by buying it. So yeah, like, exactly. There's, I mean, there's no outs there. 
Who are you going to tell? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, who gives a but shit? I did some research afterwards. I Googled like the company that I did it, which I should have done before I ordered it. And yeah. it turned out like six months before that, there was like, they got busted for selling fake IDs. Hmm. So like everyone gets them taken away or like loses it at some point anyways. Oh yeah. And some bouncers, they're like freaking, they're like the James Bond of finding IDs. Oh, and yeah. like, like I've seen people walk up, give him one. He's like, here's my ID. He's like, that's not an ID. And then snap <laughs> it in half. And they're like, what? That was my ID. He's like, all right, let's get this police officer over here. Tell like, him it's oh, your yeah, ID. Yeah, please know. Like it's not that big of a deal. But, I mean, I, don't... I got diarrhea anyway. I'll probably just go home. And <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so, yeah. We're probably being like watched by a bunch of we're being streamed on like Chinese billboards right now, probably. Yeah, honestly, I could man, I don't, I don't know though. What's so China's technically, uh, they're technically a dictatorship, right? Yeah, I guess. So good point. Because they have, like a, they have like a special kind of internet, they're not, they don't have full access to the internet. Like, yeah, it's super limited. From I don't really know that much, like, I've just kind of formed my opinions based on Twitter, which is the obvious, but that's where I get a good majority of my opinions and my news yeah. is Twitter and, and Facebook, which people may scoff at that. But honestly, I think that it's, I mean, it's probably just as good as Fox or right. CNN or NBC, ABC, any of those. They're all so skewed and they're so biased that it's, it's impossible. I was just thinking that the other day too. It's so weird now that like, I would trust a random person on Twitter more than the fucking news channel. Yeah, I do. Cause I mean, you, you kind of think they probably don't have an ulterior motive in what they're doing. They're like not trying to like further the political group or whatever. Well, I mean, some of that is probably pretty shaky now too. I mean, yeah, they, you like to think that they don't have ulterior motive, but I feel like people will are like clout chasing nowadays. Is that what the kids say? Yeah. That's what the kids say. They'll say any stupid shit that it takes to get 11,000 retweets oh, or something. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, that's been the same way with the news. They're just looking for that, the clickbait oh, yeah. call it or whatever. So, I mean, you could share real actual boring facts or you could say, you know, something about Trump. He, yeah, exactly. Like that's what's fucking crazy too is like, we were just talking about this in our group chat the other day is like, you could, like you said, say boring facts or like show the graphs and all the mathematical models, or you could call someone creepy looking and make fun of people or like, and yeah. that people latch onto or oh, sleepy sure. Joe, really... like make up some fucking childish ass nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I, uh, I'm a huge fan of Trump's nicknames. I think they're hilarious. <laughs> like that's the thing is like, I can see some of the humor in it, but just at the same time, it's like, how fucking old are you, dude? You probably don't want to see it out of your president of the United States. I said, I've said this to somebody before. It's it's crazy to see some of the things that he gets away with. I mean, I think we've kind of become numb to a lot of it. But oh yeah, if you look at like, like I use like if you look at like the, the president of my Duluth chamber in town, like I was comparing it to somebody else. I'm like, could you imagine if he was doing some of the things that Trump is doing as the president of the United States? Oh like, yeah, he would be shunned out of town. Yeah, I mean, out of Duluth, like, Minnesota. Like, even a, a, a head manager at a Quiznos, like he could say some of these things that Trump is saying and the corporate would be like, what? yeah, what you, not today. <laughs> yeah. you can't sit, you can't make up nicknames for people at Subway. And like, he didn't he make fun of somebody that had like a disability or something. Yeah. I, well, he, he was like doing this or whatever, but somebody, somebody said that was skewed and that he does that for everybody, but he should have had, he should have known probably not to do that to somebody who, has a disability like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, 
you, you're better off just not doing that to anybody on the off chance that they do have a disability. It would be a tough job, though. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't no, there's no question that the stress has to be fucking unreal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even, I can't imagine. Who do you, I mean, politicians, I think, are kind of frustrating because you feel like they're not really being transparent with you and everything that they're they're trying to achieve. And you kind of, it feels like they're holding things back. But I don't know who would make, like, an ideal candidate as a president. Like, right. who qualifies politicians to be presidents and Trump kind of broke that mold coming from like being a real estate investor slash TV star to president. I guess Ronald Reagan did something similar too, but like, what if like Dwayne, the rock Johnson ran for president? Do you think that he would do a fine job? I was just going to say, do you think that's going to start happening? Cause I a hundred percent do. <laughs> I just, I, I think that it would be much easier for them to get it voted in. And like how much of it, how much of the actual presidency is just being the figurehead? Oh, it's, I mean, it's got to be like 85, 90% of it. Because, I mean, there's, it seems like there's a lot of these candidates that actually have much better ideas, but they get, I mean, they get kicked out like way early in the process. And you're like, what? But it's just because they're not the most colorful or, or whatever. Right. And it's like, if The Rock did run, I think he'd probably make it pretty far, to be honest. Oh, he would win. He would for sure win. It would win. be fucking awesome. Yeah, he would for I sure mean, win. In theory, it would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure it would. And I mean, I think as a, as an avid podcast watcher and, and listener, I would I would vote for Joe Rogan over anybody else on the planet. I think. To be oh, yeah. I was going to say I haven't listened to Joe Rogan. I haven't listened to much podcasts at all lately. But he, I saw he's getting flamed for something about how he said he'd rather vote for Trump than Biden or something like that. And yeah, people were yeah, I saw that episode. He, he talks a lot about how uh, he thinks that Biden is is deteriorating deteriorating mentally, which kind of seems like that is what ha- it's happening. So he's like, I'm, I'm a democratic person usually, but he said, I, I can't vote for somebody who was going through early onset Alzheimer's. Like it just, it, and I mean, if it's bad now, what's it going to be like? I one, think two, I read a rumor four? that like the DNC knows he has something along those lines, some sort of cognitive decline or. Right. But I mean, that would be pretty fucked up if they, if they actually knew like, could look at the fucking medical oh, record. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, toss him in anyways. I don't understand why they chose Biden. I thought like early on he seemed like not even top five. No, like I, I don't know shit about politics and I don't really follow it that closely either. But still, like I just felt like Bernie had a huge, like a way bigger fall, or like at least he seemed way more stable. Bernie would have he would have given Trump the biggest run for his money, like yeah. for sure. Now, I mean, there's there's no way that Biden is yeah. going to be. Trump. I feel like it's it's going to be a landslide. I would imagine. Oh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be huge. It's just gonna, Biden can't speak, and honestly, you see some clips of him doing some pretty cool things. Oh yeah, I was going to say like I saw I saw those starting to sprinkle in a couple of years ago of him like touching the girls and stuff. Yeah, and, like it's kind like, of stuff where you're like, Kitty. Oh, just real cringy. <laughs> that's awesome so what uh so you texted me yesterday you said that you're you're kind of thinking about starting a podcast type type situation which is what i think we're doing right now right i think so like i'm not really sure and that was the other thing that i was going to ask you and i know i texted earlier was we're talking in our group chat yesterday about how like have you watched the the hot ones on youtube like yeah. with like i've honestly never watched it i've maybe seen, seen like, like one or two episodes I, yeah yeah, I've seen like clips of it, but I've never actually watched it. And I was trying to think of like, why is that popular? And I feel like this, like people just sitting, this makes me like focused on or like forced to talk rather than with the hot ones thing, they're doing something else. And that's where I feel like most good conversation comes from is when you're just kind of fucking around with your friends or like, 
your mind isn't like focused on the conversation. It's focused on something else. So it's more like free speech or something. You're not thinking about it as much. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, the hot ones is obviously really popular, but the number one podcast in the world is the Joe Rogan experience. And it's just three hours of him sitting with usually one other person and all they're doing is having conversations. So I think you can make an argument for either one. Right. I mean, I think hot, Hot Ones is cool, but I think that it's cool because of the, I mean, the caliber of guests that they have on. I mean, right. they got like, yeah, now, sure. On, but like, like, how did it get to that point? A list people, yeah, how did they get to that? So I, I honestly think anything, I mean, any idea can work if you just commit to it and continue to roll with it. I, I mean, I've done 22 episodes of uh, The High Five with Gage Hartman which we've been on a bit of a hiatus. But uh, with that one, I just chose to, I thought about doing like something like that to, keep us busy and keep us entertained. But I mean, I've almost, I've more enjoyed just having conversations with people, I think, than, than doing that. But I think either one can work. I know I get frustrated watching hot ones because uh, I want to hear what that person is saying, but they can't always speak because their right. mouth is fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like the uh, ESPN horse challenge deal, like there's no sport. So they tried to do, did you watch any of that by chance? No, I didn't, I didn't see that. It, it was pretty bad. It was pretty cringeworthy to watch. Like, I feel like the concept and the idea is good, but they had like a ladder on everyone's outside courts and they had like a, an iPad or something propped up to it. That was yeah. the, like one of the cameras. I'm definitely dumbing it down, but, and they, they had like wireless microphones and, but they made them like come to the camera and they try to like ask questions or it was like kind of an interview thing between shots. And it was just super awkward, but if they just let them like walk around with wireless microphones and shit, I feel like it'd be kind of interesting to just hear people chat about their NBA careers or whatever the hell they're being asked. So I, and also with the hot ones, that's what we were talking about too, was do you think that since their body's kind of in like fight or flight mode, because they're like, what the fuck is in my mouth right now? Do you think that prompts more like knee jerk or like honest answers? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a good point. That may, that may very well be true. I know I wouldn't want to fucking do it. Yeah. You dabble in the spicy foods. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be nervous that I would say something that I didn't really give the, like the proper thought into, cause I'm trying to just like, just hurl words out of my mouth while also fighting the pain. Yeah. I, I'd be like drooling and shit and nobody, there's no chance. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, is there one that you're kind of leaning towards? I mean, are you leaning towards just doing this thing where it's like just one-on-one having conversations or would you like to have some kind of, some kind of, I don't don't really know. Like I've never done anything like this before. So it's hard to, I think this is kind of good to just get a feel for it and see if I do actually thrive under these circumstances, but I actually just dusted off my Xbox about a week or two ago nice. and realize like that is where a lot of good conversation happens too, because you're like playing a game and then it gets off topic. And next thing you know, you're talking about some weird ass shit that you probably don't want to repeat, but oh, exactly that kind of stuff. You gotta, as soon as you get in conversations like that, you got to stop what you're doing and write it down on the notes in your phone. That's what I started doing when I started my podcast. Cause it's like, you, you get to like the day before the podcast, you're like, what the hell am I going to talk about? But if you take that entire week beforehand and every time, something interesting gets brought up you just take notes yeah, on you, it. you have a bunch of like topics or like fodder yeah. much yeah i, no, I remembered exactly. what it was like one of them was <laughs> and uh tyler dickey just got a puppy 
and he was saying that the place that he adopted from or whatever gave him a list or like the whole litter that that puppy was in but like there were multiple fathers to puppies in the same litter and we're like dude what kind of sketchy ass back alley dog rescue did you go to we're like there's no way that's possible how does that even work so then another member of the party googled it and it was true that actually can happen i didn't really feel like getting into all the zygote details but zygote details so a dog can have three parents yeah well no so so like if there were four dogs in a litter say there could be two different dads there could be four different dads oh yeah so it's like it's sort yeah, of it's no, like a, that that kind of got brought up in the conversation i think of a good analogy here it's i like was trying week. to think of that too i was like yeah you put did you just put like all the fertilized eggs in a goddamn blender or oh yeah it's, i mean it's like a it's like a daycare in an embryo essentially yeah, like, exactly it's like an episode of maury <laughs> i didn't know that that's crazy. There's some weird things. I heard uh, the other day that tortoises can be pregnant for up to 12 years. 12 years? Yeah. I knew those motherfuckers got old, but I didn't know, like... Well, because they... Uh, they Or they can ha- hatch their eggs in, like, five months. It depends on the, the area that they're in and if they deem it safe and if there's enough water and, like, food and stuff nearby. But if there isn't at that time, they're able to hold those eggs for up to 12 years. Yeah, because they, they found like a uh, they found a thought to be extinct um, type of like Galapagos tortoise or something like that, and they only there was only one left. It was just a female walking around, and at first they were like bummed. They're like shit. It's the last one, I guess, whatever. But then they found out that she had been pregnant for like seven years. No so they're like, actually, she can way. still have babies, and we can still save the species. No fucking way. Yeah, <laughs> she was like able to save the species because. She's been hoarding them. Just Just stashing. Yeah. So that like, what if humans could do that shit? Like that's where the conversation got weird too. Cause it was like, what if like a female (laughs) human being could have multiple fathers to like a set of twins or like every time you did have babies, they had to be twins and you had to pick one of them. You had to pick one of them? You had to pick one of them. So, like, you gotta, you gotta. At a certain <laughs> age, you gotta be like, okay. See ya. Yeah. You didn't gut it. Man, I don't know. Honestly, it's, it's crazy to think about. And you're like, man, that's obviously something that would never happen. But, like, I feel like there are some things that, like, if, like, an alien species watched some of the things that we do as humans, they would yeah. be like, I can't believe. Yeah. What the fuck are these peasants doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have, have you have you played uh, or seen that new Warzone game played, Call of Duty one? Oh, I played it. Yeah, you game, huh? No, not typically. During Warzone time, I mean during uh, quarantine times, though. Apparently, during Warzone times. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. No, yeah, I, I'm not very good, honestly, just because I, I haven't pl- like I never played like Fortnite or anything like that. Yeah, so I, never, I haven't like, played video yeah. games since I played NBA 2K and I lost fifty bucks to a dude. Who, when I moved to Milwaukee, there's they're having a party underneath me, and I went down to the party and I lost fifty bucks on a game of NBA 2K to this kid. Who ended up being a good dude, and he's actually he actually died in a car accident a couple of years ago. R.I.P. Jordan, big ups. But like, 
sitting in that game like lobby and that's where the conversation went was oh, yeah. all the way down that path and then in this war zone thing there's this gulag mm-hmm. so like you die and then you go fight to the death with one other person to try to get back in the game and that's what that's where it was it wasn't that the mother chose one it's they would fight to the death at a certain age in the gulag yeah <laughs> Honestly, we would, I mean, it's, it's terrible to think about, but we would have, you know, a country full of really, really badasses. Like extremely badasses. Yeah, because if you aren't, that's what they did in uh, Sparta, I think. Not yeah, exactly that's that. That's like but, the, Ro- the ancient Romans or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, the Spartans were, like, literally, they're bred to be war, war badasses. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but isn't there, like, the Dothrakis or whatever? Aren't they, like, badass? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of that that went on. I watched maybe a total of eight episodes of Game of Thrones. So. I, bet, I bet I'm close to that. I think I watched maybe the first like six or so, but didn't really do that much for me. I mean, and I heard the ending sucked. Actually, I did watch the ending kind of. But... I watched the last like three episodes, but it's yeah, just, so, so I, I think there's there too many like like filler episodes where nothing happened. So like every time I would tune in and like my roommates would be watching it, I'd be like, all right, yeah, sure. I'd watch an episode and then nothing happens. And they're like, but they're building up for the next episode. And the next episode comes, nothing happens. And they're like, but like two episodes from now, some serious shit's going to go on. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I feel like that's everybody's excuse for if a show is boring. Yeah. Oh, it's just character building. And then they like try to condescend you into thinking you're not smart enough to like get it. Which right. may not be true. I know but. that's what they say. They're like, you just you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't get character building. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch that series? You? I did on Netflix. Yeah, I was talking mad shit about that. I was like, I walked in on uh, like a girl like watching the first episode, and I'm like, she's like, you want to watch this with me? I'm like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, this <laughs> this this is clearly a a chick series. I'm like, listen. As a guy, I can't, I can't watch this. I started tuning in on the second episode. It's honestly one of the best series I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. dude. It's wild. And throughout the entire thing, I'm like, this is good. And then like the last three episodes of it, I was like, this is, this is a genius. I'm like, this is such a beautifully put together series. Like I started like getting like extra, like critical yeah. of like series and shows. And all of a sudden I was like a professional critique or something like that. But <laughs> it was You're so a Yelper now? Yeah, I was like, I gotta get on Yelp and tell people about <laughs> yahoofeedback.com. Oh, what? No, I don't think that's the thing. Was that? They used to have like Yahoo question and answers or something. I remember in like junior high, that's like <laughs> where I would go for answers to my like juvenile. I went to, uh, what was that one you do? You text the, it was called like, you text like three numbers and you can ask it anything and it would send you back to the, it was like chit chat or oh i don't know remember did you fuck with chat roulette back in the day though yeah oh yeah yeah That's I, what, I, I don't, don't, I don't think i really did you never you never did i might have been a little too old for that see when i was past my time i was age 10 through probably 14 when chat roulette was big so that was like that was prime prime yeah. age yeah how old are you now uh 25 yeah so i was 15 to 20 ish yeah, I think I thought Phil like Coleman and those guys were doing it in college though. So that would have put that. They have, well, they have a, they have a different version of it now. I forget what that's called too, but it's, it's basically the same thing where you just flip through and you live stream with random people and all of a sudden you'll, you'll 
flip into this big hairy dude sitting on his couch touching himself. Oh yeah, those are my personal favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can be that dude now in the new like the reincarnation of chat roulette. Yeah, exactly. I don't know uh, where we got on the subject. We were talking about probably politics the other day, and we were just talking about how fucking stupid America is just in general. Do you think other countries just like look at us like, okay, these people are just the dumbest people in the world? Um, yes, I think they definitely say that. But I don't think that other countries are any smarter than we are. And that's what I don't know either. That's what I said. I was like, are other countries smart? Like, how the fuck would we know? Right. Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of it's a lot of perspective. And I think that, I mean, each like news media source makes one half look like idiots and the other does the same to the other. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's like their job pretty much. It's just like, I mean, if you're watching CNN, you, you picture Republicans as like the trailer park, like terrible, dumb rednecks. And then if you're watching Fox, you picture Democrats as like the liberals with the bright pink hair and the right. kind of strange people screaming at people. Which people those people are like outliers right yeah and i I do think they think we're dumb but i don't think that they're any smarter how much how much of it do you think could be attributed to the school system um i think like the way that other countries view us how much of that is attributed to the school system or just like the stupidity in america in general like do you think most people are stupid um, really unfair question, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think honestly, I think everybody is stupid, but everybody is smart. And right. they say you can learn something from like everybody that you talk to. And I, oh, yeah. I like, I've, I've tried to encapsulate that for like my entire, at least adult career in the real world. Right. Yeah. But we have to be dangerous of is there's people that think that they're smart, but they're actually stupid in the subject that they think that they're smart at. Right. That's, like that's the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. And I think I've, I've said on my podcast too, it's like whenever somebody is like self-proclaimed to be a genius or one of the smartest people on the planet, it kind of makes me wonder like, well, are they? Because I know that like the more books that I read and the, the more knowledge I think that I'm gaining, the more I actually realize how dumb I am compared to like, like relative to the amount of information that's available out there. And like some of these other people that are out there, I'm like, Whoa. I know nothing. You might think you're smart, then you read one book and it opens up an entire new section of knowledge that you're like, I had no idea that any of this. So anytime someone's like, I'm a genius, I'm like, okay. Right. Like every time I hear that, or even when I see people post things on social media, like talking, making it seem like they know, like they know a hundred percent this thing is true. And it's like, there's no possible way you know that. Like, yeah, I I do think the, uh, the school system is to blame for a lot of the, a lot of the issues that we have, I guess, around the country. I, I don't know how you would change it, though, is a difficult part. I know that it's flawed, but I don't know, like, what you could do to right. change and it. I think you need to do something because, I mean, as humans, we, we definitely learn differently. A lot of us do. And, I mean, getting straight A's in school does not translate to being, I guess, successful after right. school, which is something that I learned at, like after college, I look at all these people that were like straight A's and I'm like, I mean, they're honestly, they're not really like doing all yeah. that much Where, oh, like yeah. in high school. You're like, this person's going to be a millionaire because they got A pluses across the report card. Right. And it's that kind of culture that they instill in you. I feel like it's all the, the industrial complex mindset. They're just basically trying to teach all these kids to be factory workers by just having them sit in this chair for eight hours and ask to go to the fucking bathroom. Oh yeah. No, exactly. Looking back, insane to me. It is insane. And there's, I mean, there's so much, 
was so much pressure to go to like a good college after, after school. I even remember like senior year, it was like a week away from graduation and everyone was talking about where they're going to school afterwards. And somebody raised their hand and they're like, yeah, I'm going to CLC after that. And the teacher, like, they kind of like, Scott for it. They're like, Oh, cool. That sounds nice. Right. And like everybody in the class is like laughing and it's like, okay, why would you, why would you give so them crap? For That's such a fucking shitty thing to do to somebody. Oh yeah, exactly. But the, the thing is, is like all of these people that are teaching us, they all did the exact same thing. They went through the exact same system. Right. Every single one of them went four year school, master's degree, became a teacher. So that's all they know, which, so it's not their fault. It's just, yeah, it's all it's all they know, and like that's what they were told. So they're they don't have ill intent, or I should say, most of the time, I yeah, like. I think, so they don't. They're not telling you to go to college because they think you're going to be a failure. That's just what they in their eyes. That's the only way right, to succeed is to go to college, become engineer, doctor, lawyer. If you don't do that, then good luck because right. everything else everything else fails. So I think if you get if I mean if you can get like maybe new teachers in there, maybe somebody who is like an entrepreneur, a welder, an electrician. I mean, all of these like all of these different things, like different options, a baker, like a right. I can like teach people and give them different perspectives outside of just get a four-year degree, graduate. Now you're eighty thousand dollars in debt, and you're making twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Right. But the reason that we started talking about the school system in general is this stupid tweet about like grading your own like basketball abilities like by category, kind of. And we posted in the group chat, and people were like sending theirs, and we were just like going back and forth, like being like a B. Are you fucking serious, dude? Grow up. <laughs> and then I was thinking, or somebody else said, it's like, yeah, I've been walking around my house now, like wondering what my grade scores are for like random shit, like cooking or cleaning, or, like all that. And I was like, why don't, why isn't there? And then I was at work. So I was like, I wonder if my, what my Excel grade would be compared to the rest of the population. Right. Like, how good am I at Excel? So then that's where I went down the rabbit hole of, we should start our own like certification body of, it's a hundred questions and whatever score you get, like that is what you can post on shit. It's like, that's going to be the new resume. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no possible chance that would happen. But I know. I mean, it's an interesting thought though. I hear what you're saying. That, that's when we started talking about the school system too, is because the subjects that are taught in school right now, even just the subjects, like how much do you really need? Oh, I mean, probably, probably 15% of it. I mean, after like fifth grade, a lot of the things that you're learning is, is kind of just like extra stuff. And I'm not saying that like they necessarily shouldn't be teaching that. I just think it would be really valuable, valuable to like, once a kid is like 14, 13 years old, something like that. And it starts to become clear probably at that age, like, okay, they're really good at this thing, but they're really terrible at this thing. Like try to focus on the things that they're good at and kind of like, okay, you probably don't need to learn calculus then if you suck at it, because right. there's no way you're going to graduate and then go become a math teacher, which is basically all you can do with calculus. Right. And you're just going to get more pissed off. Cause you're like, if you don't like it, you're not going to want to learn it. Oh yeah. It's going to be pissed and bitter. Right. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, there's so many people that their minds just work differently, but they graduate high school thinking that they're an absolute loser and they're going to spend the rest of their life like that. When all they need to do is just kind of, I mean, explore and try to find something that they are good at because everybody is good at something. So just find what you're good at and try to excel at it. But yeah, when we, when we played that, we played a basketball tournament, my junior and senior year in Canada. So we got to go there and like, they gave us a tour of their school. It was called TechVoc, which is short for technical vocational school. So like, from nice. ninth grade on, 
that's exactly what they do. Like you walk, they just had these like big ass, like classrooms that were more like wings kind of. So yeah. you, there's one that was like dental hygienist. So you, you just go train basically to be a dental hygienist for, I don't know if it was that entire year, semester, a couple years or what, but so you had like the focused line of where you wanted your career path to head. So they had like a big ass, uh, auto mechanic shop. They had a handful of other things, but it was, it was just cool that it was just completely different than what we were used to seeing. Right. Yeah, no, it would, it would be tough because I mean, in, in, uh, in defense of like the current school system, like how are you going to, how are you going to send a kid in a certain path when there's a high chance, I guess that they might, they might actually change their mind. Or I mean, I think back to like being 13 and 14 and a lot of the decisions that I made were just based on what my friends were doing. So like in seventh grade, I joined the track. I was chubby and I was five feet tall. I should not have joined track. I was the slowest person I could think of, but I was like, <laughs> everyone else is doing it. Or like in fifth grade, I, I joined band. I started playing the trumpet because my girlfriend at the time joined band and started playing the trumpet. So like maybe like all of my friends are like, yeah, we want to go into science. And like, meanwhile, I hate science, but I don't want to. Science is dope. Yeah. I love science. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Chromosome. that's probably why i joined basketball too it's like i was in fourth grade or something and i was about as short as it gets and about as frail as it gets barely throw the fucking ball up to the rim but everybody else was doing it so i was like well i might as well give it a shot i don't know i don't know what we would need to do yeah that's oh i was gonna ask you too like so did you play any team sports like throughout any of the schools uh really I did. Yeah. So, I mean, I was other than track. Yeah. Track, track in seventh grade, which I think I got last place in every race that I ran because again, <laughs> I was chubby, like four foot 11. I never knew chubby gauge, but I wish I did. Oh yeah. He was, he ate a lot of uh, ramen noodles and, and Doritos. <laughs> I, suppose. No, I was in, uh, I was in like wrestling in elementary school. I was in baseball and then I was in golf from eighth grade through 11th grade. And so I, I played like a fair amount of sports actually. But and then I just snowboarded and wakeboarded outside of school. Do you think those team sports like molded your brain or like molded you as a person or how how so do you think? I would say wrestling probably did quite a bit just because I, I played it from second grade through sixth grade, I think. So I feel like you're you have a very malleable brain at that age. So I was like everything the coaches would say it would stick it would stick much better so like the things like working hard and like not giving up on stuff and, and things like that I think that probably molded me pretty well some of the like I don't know maybe golf did I don't see that like really molding me I think I was older at that time and yeah I feel like people golf was, very, like like, golf was fun it was pretty fun yeah it was from the stories that I've heard it sounds like it was so the practices even were a pretty good time Oh yeah. I mean, we would like watch the track kids, like we'd be running dozens of laps and we'd be in the library putting hands. Yeah. Why would you do that way about wrestling kids? Like we'd be just like standing there learning basketball plays and they'd be running like literally running laps around the gym around us. And like they'd be just pooling with sweat and like vomiting. And like, it was just looked like savages back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, there's there. I mean, there's never a sport that I was like, this sport is my life, though. Like in right. high school, a lot of kids like view that towards like basketball or wrestling. And they're like, this right. is nothing without without that ball in my hand type of mentality. I never had that towards any of the sports. I feel like a lot of kids are like, I see it in the workplace now that I'm kind of a fucking dinosaur. I'm 30 goddamn years old now. But like, nice. you see the people that are 
in, like just super entitled or like it just seems like they always got everything handed to them and like by all aspects i had a perfectly fine childhood like right. middle class like i was very normal and i was probably probably had it better than most too so i'm probably entitled to some extent but yeah like i feel like these people have just never lost at anything and i know you we've talked about gary vaynerchuk a lot too for the last who knows how many years but it's like team sports it teaches you how to like handle loss and failure and it kind of like the group or herd mentality is sort of self-regulating in the aspect of like if you lose a basketball game in eighth grade like a random tuesday night basketball game and you start crying and freaking out after you lose your friends and teammates are gonna be looking at you like dude you're fucking weird <laughs> yeah no that's that is probably true or you your coach or your parents will come over and be like we'll get him next game or, or whatever so right definitely you learn there and a, a loss like an eighth grade basketball game loss is like probably one of the most tragic things that can happen to you at that time right it's it's everything it's your world that's what i i hate it when uh when people try to like downplay the issues that younger people have like people in high school or junior high even or or whenever they're like oh just wait till you get older and you guys start paying bills and doing this and and honestly, I still have never, ever, ever been as anxious or stressed out as I was throughout all of school. Like that was still the most like trying time of my entire life. Like I think back to some of the things happening, which if those things happened to me right now, I would be a lot less stressed out about them just because I, I have more of a perspective on what's actually going on in life. But like at the time, like your girlfriend breaking up with you when you're 16 or your report card coming in and you know it's not going to be good. That's like everything. Like that's her. It's because of the, a lot of the pressures, like the societal pressures too, or like your parents, oh, yeah. your parents saying you better get a fucking A or I'm going to kill you. But yeah, exactly. You get a report card comes in and next thing you know, you're grounded for two weeks and you miss out on like hanging out with your friends, which is like, everything like oh, that, yeah. that is, was hanging out with your friends so when you can't do that it See, sucks I, honestly for me i didn't i wasn't anxious at all back then like i mean i was to some extent like you said like if your girlfriend breaks up with you or the social aspect the school yeah. aspect i i think school's way too fucking easy dude yeah, see, I couldn't, I, I hated it. It was, it still is the, is like it. And I have ADHD, so I have a difficult time like sitting do still I, and concentrating for yeah, a long time. I, but I guess yeah. I have the inattentive form, so I don't have like the hyperactive form. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had it, I think I've had it since I was a kid, and I think the doctor used to say, but I was getting such good grades because I could just rely on like my intelligence back then. Mm hmm. And yeah. I'm not trying to fucking toot my own horn and say I'm smart, but it's like, it was so easy that it's just basically like pattern recognition and you could either figure it out or like cheat. Cause it's a right. fucking worksheet. Like who cares? Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like the, the content like wasn't all that difficult in my head, but like the, the issue was just being able to like focus on it and actually like learn it. But like when, if like, if I could get in the state of mind to just like absorb it, then it was like, okay, this is fine. But just like having the patience to sit down and like read it and oh, I I never brought a book home throughout my entire and I would I would just like stand up and like start clenching my hands and like I wanted to tear my skin off like it was I've I've still never been as anxious as I was throughout high school. It, well, I'm sorry to hear you had a poor experience. <laughs> I was gonna say I like I liked the, like high school high school like I liked being with friends and I mean all of that was a ton of fun. But like the schoolwork is what sucked. Yeah, and I hated school too, but. I, I mean, I hated the school work part because it was just boring. Like, I didn't give a shit about 
right. 95% of it or more, but I yeah. like just knowing you have to do it. And then once I got into the real world, it was kind of the same thing of like, you go into the office and you like, you have to sit here and be physically here and do this super boring shit. Yeah. Even right. Like now is probably, I would say the most anxious I've ever been or like, because I sit here and go try to do fill in these spreadsheets that it's just like, my job is so goddamn boring right now, dude. You, <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Like I could teach a ninth grader to do my job in a week. Easy. <laughs> like I, like it's just insane. I, my, my job is not like that. I couldn't do a job like that. Like you were talking about Excel spreadsheet. That is my enemy. I refuse to even hardly say the word Excel spreadsheet. The word spreadsheet gives me like gives me chills. <laughs> See, and I like that's, I think kind of part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast thing now is like, during the day at work, I'm always remote or I go to the office. I'm supposed to go to the office X amount of times a month or whatever, but yeah. I don't really talk to anybody there. Like my one coworker that's on there, I will just say I'm not a huge fan. I can get into trouble <laughs> if I like say anymore, but it's, it's just so like, I don't socialize with anyone nearly as much as I used to. And I think right. that's kind of like getting to my mental health as well. Oh, for sure. I'm curious to see like how it affects I mean, people like within yeah. the country or the world, I suppose. But like, just because we're so used to just interacting with each other con- constantly. So now once this is all over, hopefully, I mean, in under four months or whatever, um, I mean, are we able to just go back to like shaking hands and like hugging strangers and, right. and all those things without, because like right now it's, it's funny. I still go to the grocery store like once a week to get groceries. And uh, when you, I mean, when you like go near somebody, they, oh, right, yeah. they, they like, the anxiety is there, especially like us from the Midwest too. It's like we're used to people, random people waving, up, just driving down the road is apparently a strange thing in other places of the country. But like yeah. you can chat up a dude in the grocery store. I'm sure you could chat him up for 45 minutes if you wanted to. And oh, I yeah. can always find a house from you. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a grapes, huh? Tell me more about why you chose <laughs> grapes over the, uh, the watermelon. <laughs> You look like a mid-century modern guy. Ah, yeah. I used to uh, I used to do something similar when I first uh, moved to Duluth. Um, I was like 20 years old or whatever, and I was desperate to get business because I knew no, nobody in town. So I was doing all of these ridiculous things to try to get business. One of which was uh, I would go to the mall and I would try to find either pregnant women or women that were pushing very young babies because that, I mean, meant they had a growing family and they would probably need to get a house with more bedrooms in it. So. I was like, if I just go approach all these women and ask them if they need to buy a house, then maybe that'll work. And I, I think I, I did it like two days in a row. I went up to like a few women and I was like, hi, I know this kind of seems strange, but my name is Gage Hartman. I'm a realtor in town. I noticed that you have an expanding family. Um, I'm wondering if you're thinking about buying or selling a home anytime in the next few months. Never even got close to working ever. Every single girl was like pissed that I had. But that like got you out of your comfort zone though. So like, oh yeah, and that started yeah. to like, kind of condition you for failure. Oh, for sure. That or, night, failure, but rejection, I should say. Rejection, yeah. That night, I cold called 150 numbers out of the phone book every day. Yeah. And then I door knocked 100 cold doors every day too. So like a few weeks into that, I grew like an addiction to like the rejection. Yeah. What year was that? It would have been probably 2015, I think. It was like five, four or yeah, five was, years ago. I was going to say, I think that I was going to ask if you remembered how we met or how we like first started socializing more. 
It was, uh, that would have been like 2014 or 20. Yeah. The summer of 2014 when we were hanging out at the Carlson's house. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw the sweet photo of you. I don't know if I've posted it or not. I found, I found it just like going through and it's a nice, it's very, uh, one of the ones where I'm asking for a DD for the, the river float. I don't know. I don't like that we want you or like I would like sprawl out. Oh, no, it's not actually. Oh, You're okay. wearing a pair of glasses, I believe. Nice. They were, uh, <laughs> <That sounds laughs> I'm, <like> I'm <laughs> trying to like PC describe it, but yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you for sure once I find it again. Nice. But my point was that that is like what drew me to you as like a, I always thought of like kids that were, cause you're five years younger than me. I was like, those fucking kids. Like I was already the old man, the old cynical, yeah, exactly. like even back then. Entitled oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause I, I was 25 and, or I guess, yeah, yeah, I was 25 and you were probably 20 around the time. Yeah. And I, I think I was still living in Milwaukee and I remember you saying you were like, you were just a fucking young go-hard, dude. I remember you you were talking about fucking stacking cheddar and just fucking, you are just going for it. And I loved it. I loved the fucking hustle out of you. And you yeah. said that you were cold calling and door knocking and you're listing off these ludicrous numbers that I wouldn't even fathom, like even talking yeah. to that many people. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. See, but that's the stuff that, like, like right now, if, if somebody were to hand me a list of a hundred names and say, "Call these people and ask if they want to buy a house," that's like Christmas. Like, I, I, that sounds incredible to me. But if you if you put an Excel spreadsheet into me and in front of me and you go organize these, I mean, you know, I want to jump off a cliff. Like that, that sounds terrible. Oh, dude, cold calling people to buy or buy or sell a fucking house sounds miserable to me. See, and I love it. I just, I love that rejection. I love like the pot. It's the same thing with like, like going out to the bars and like hitting on girls. Like, like the thought of like going up to a girl and just, and just being like, Hey, what's up? My name is Gage. Yeah. Can I get your phone number? And like the thought that they might just be like, fuck you. No. Yeah. Like that like, it, like gives me like a high, like I'm like, and when they do say that, like say that they do say, fuck you. Is it kind of a game to you where you want to like win them back? Um, I'm sure it depends on circumstance too. No, usually not. Like I remember a, a specific time where I was at uh, grandma's up bar. I think this was like three years ago and uh, we were like on our way out. And I mean, I'd had, I'd had some beers for sure, but there was a girl, pretty girl on walk and I went up to her and I'm, I think I honestly just said like, Hey, I just want to let you know I was walking by. I couldn't help but notice you. I think you're beautiful. And then she looked at me and she went, wow, you are such an asshole. And I was like, what? I was like, I- I was like, what? I literally just complimented you. And she's like, whatever, you know what you were trying to do. And I was like, trying to do. And I was like, I just called you beautiful. I'm like, if something cool came out of that, then yeah, that's fine. But you could have just been like, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Right. But you, got, you got to put yourself in her shoes too, though. And, and see, I, I've said the same thing where like she, I'm probably the 79th guy to come up and try to hit on her that night. Right. And you're just breathing fire too, for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, for sure. I smell like rum probably. And, um, and I, the way that I said it just now probably wasn't as articulate as I said it, or it was less articulate. Than that. Yeah. I was probably like, yeah, exactly. It is. It's uh, I don't want to call it a game because that doesn't seem 
that seems kind of gross to say that it's a game to like try to pick up chicks. But I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean at, some, at some point, it kind of is. I mean, uh, attracted to girls. So if I see a pretty girl, like I'm, I want to talk to her, and I obviously want to kind of, like hit on her. Like that's right. just. And actually, I read. Uh, I can't remember who the book was by, but it was a doctor, somebody else, like a psychiatrist, and the dude that wrote uh, "I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell." That Tucker Max guy. Okay. I can't remember what the context was, but. I never really thought of it this way. I'm not, this is probably five ish years ago as well, but they put it from the perspective of like, what if like a lineman in the NFL came up to you and like started like saying shit or like it was, but you didn't really know his intentions. And that's what it's like for like a majority of girls when they get hit on at bars by dudes. Right. Because generally speaking, we're just stronger and like, Oh yeah. I mean, five six inches taller. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. It would be, it would be intimidating for sure. And I, I probably won't really understand it to the level that they see it ever. Like it's impossible for either of us to. Right. Unless oh. like that, there was like some six, nine, 250 pound woman that came up and started like aggressively right. hitting on me. I'm going to be like, fuck, I'm sorry for everything I've done for your species. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if she came up and said, you're beautiful, and I was like, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I was thinking, like, does that give me an advantage? Because uh, because you're shorter than yeah, a lot of guys? Yeah, foot six, buck 40. I mean, I'm right. on a level. They could probably See, beat but- the shit out of me. Yeah, no, that, that might actually put you at an advantage. But, I mean, you saying that actually kind of makes me think because, I mean – you use the example of like a lineman coming up to people, but it seems like girls more often than not are more attracted to big guys. Right. Because so. that goes back to like, uh, based on this book. <laughs> so that's, I've done a little research at least, so I'm not completely unfounded, but like that, and I feel like it's fairly obvious, but it goes back to like evolutionary psychology kind of, of like, okay, this guy is big. If somebody comes to attack my family, he can protect us or yeah, whatever. It's all, it's all the protecting Right. Which definitely doesn't work out well for me. <laughs> you never know, though. Maybe you maybe should start doing, like, jujitsu or something like that. So I was like, oh, he's Mark. He's not that big. And then all of a sudden, you, like, put him in, like, a pretzel. I feel like either way, if he's or she is six foot nine and 250 pounds, jujitsu ain't going to get me very far. Well, yeah. But, I mean, how often do you run into someone that big? I'm saying, like, you run into some dude who's, like, 5'11", like, 170. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I definitely see your point, but I'm just lazy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, or you just punch him in the nuts. Yeah, or just talk yeah. a bunch of shit until he leaves. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever gotten in like a bar fight before? Uh, no, but I definitely should have because I have said some I, really. I've gathered that at, at bars. I've like I as I've had. Yeah, exactly. I well, it's I don't know why, but like when I get drunk, I feel like I have so much pent up energy that then once I'm drunk, I can just like let it out and I. I try to push buttons like as hard as I possibly can. Like there was one night I got kicked out of like five bars in a row, all for doing super, super idiotic things. I yeah. just had a real, I had a realtor text me a couple of days ago, actually, who has a, she has a daughter who's like in her early twenties and her daughter, it came up on her time hop. There was a video <laughs> at each other. And she's like, mom, look at this. And then her mom, who was, she's probably like a, 55 year old realtor in town. She's like, I think that's Gage Hartman. He works at, he works at another real estate company in town. And then she like sent it to me. She texted it to me and it's, it's hilarious. It was, I think it was two years ago when the dogs won the championship and there was this dude like 
there's this dude like yelling and being so annoying in the bar. So finally I was like drunk and I was like, dude, shut the hell up. You fucking and, like, it's just screaming at oh, him yeah. on video. That's sweet. <laughs> That's like the social media age too, of where who the fuck knows what can come back and haunt you is scary. Right. Shit. It is kind of scary. Yeah. But like, all, like that time hop shit is like the best and worst thing to ever happen to social media. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's been times where I've had things come up on my time hop and I've literally gone back to Facebook and deleted it. Cause I was like, why? Yeah. How, oh, yeah. Uh, we've all, I think we've all been there. Yeah. How did 16 year old Gage say something like yeah. that homophobic or that racist? Like, it, oh. like as you would say growing up in a small town of that age, you didn't see them as you're like, whatever. Yeah. Everybody was saying it. You saw you talk. And then now I saw it. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, what was wrong with me? Right. And like, I, I always wonder if that is a small town thing, like you said, or if like, I'm sure everybody does it to an extent, but I feel like the small town thing definitely plays in. I think it plays a huge part in that. We're just not as exposed to it. And that was like, right. when I had moved to Duluth when I was 18 and you started like getting in contact with like more diverse people. It's like, it's eye-opening. Like, I remember uh, my first kind of interaction with, like, an openly gay person. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, like, he's a good buddy of mine now. His name is uh, Andrew Fisher. He, But I went up to him, and he was, like, standing in the corner of a room or something like that, and I was drunk, and I was, I was like, dude, you're gay, right? And he, he's, like, he's like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, you know everybody here knows you're gay, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah, obviously. And I was like, I was like, don't you care that people know that you're gay? He's like, no, why would I care? And I was, I was like, oh my God. Like, it was crazy to me that he was gay and he was openly gay and that he didn't care what, that other people knew that he was gay, which even now, which is only like seven years later. Now, I mean, I, I would never have that conversation now. That's insane to go up and say that to somebody. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you're gay, right? But back then it was so yeah. new. I was like, I had never like had like a conversation. You were with just like, genu- I feel like you're just genuinely curious. I was genuinely curious. I for sure was, which again, now, I mean, I have, I have tons of gay friends and I have that dude who I had confronted. I'm friends with him and stuff, but it was just, it was so new to me. Oh yeah. That I was just like, you're gay, right? You're, you Wait. know everyone around you. They know you're gay. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> but it was very gay. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some uh, that, that news there's some new stuff that it takes a little bit to get uh, to get used to. I'll admit, even some of like the uh, like the transgender stuff, which again I, I don't care, like I literally don't care, but it definitely takes like some getting used to. There's somebody within my real estate office who last year um, just changed from a male to a female, and he is in his mid fifties, kind of a bigger dude. And still probably the most shocking news I've received in the last two years was hearing that, that he did that. But it's just like, it, it was such an adjustment to like, have to be like working close to that. Just like, right. I'm so used to seeing, I was like, Oh yeah, he's a, a man's man. I could see him. I could see him cutting wood in the middle of the street for no reason. I'd be like, yeah, it looks about right. <laughs> All of a sudden now he's got like fake nails and like long hair and he has like skinny Gucci purse like carrying around like it's just it's such a it's such an adjustment and I, I feel bad for saying it but it's it's really difficult to not like think that it's funny to like see a guy who used to be like a man's man now he's dressed like a girl it's really hard not to and like it's really hard for me I'm way more cognizant of like I feel like growing up we were taught to like say sir or ma'am or miss or like mm-hmm formalize your communication to people but now right. i like 
I catch myself or I'm like, shit, I probably shouldn't say that. I should just keep it as neutral as possible and vanilla. But like, it's just so unnatural to me. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough. And it's, it's honestly, it's, I mean, some of the things like, like me thinking that a transgender is funny is, is, I mean, it's, it's unfair to him for sure. Right. But the, like, but the thing is he needs to understand that this is, this is brand new to me. This is, this is the same as 18 year old Gage confronting a gay person. Cause at that time it was completely new to me as this is, which maybe five years from now, I'll be like, I can't believe that I used to think it was funny that, that he was wearing girl stuff. Right. But I mean, like you said, it's just a reaction. Like we don't know. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I can't help it. I laugh at everything also. So <laughs> right. And like yeah. the, the pronoun thing, I, I mean, I understand, I get it, but there's a line for me for sure. And like, I feel like guilty or I feel like the pitchforks are going to come out for me saying this kind of shit, but it's true. I mean, right. yeah, no, it, and I think it's important though to, to kind of be transparent and talk about talk about like how you feel. And I think that that's, it's such an issue where people just put people on blast without actually like hearing them out and letting them expand on it. Right. That's why I had uh, that transgender woman on my podcast, not the one that I work with, but it was a different woman that I had on there mainly just because I, I know nothing about like why it'd be easy for me to say like, like she's got something wrong with her. He's got something wrong with her. Why would he go, decide to start dressing like a girl and get surgery and all this, that dude's messed up. Instead of doing that, I was like, I want to hear like the thought process behind this. Like, obviously this didn't just happen. Like something else is going on. It didn't so happen we, overnight at all. No, like, no, it had no, to be no. some like, child, I don't know. Do you think most of it's like childhood trauma or do you think it's a lot just like kind of just evolution or like, if you would have asked me before I sat down with, uh, with this transgender woman on my podcast, I would have said it's probably due to some kind of childhood trauma, which maybe in some cases it is. But I, I honestly think that it's it's similar to like being a gay person or a lesbian person in that right. it's just oh yeah. It's something it's just something in your head. You're just born and you are technically a man, but for whatever reason you want to you want you don't want to be a man. Right. That's a strange concept to me, but it is strange. And I, I will, I will call somebody, whatever they want to be called. Like I'll say like, yeah, if you want me to call you this name for sure. If you want me to call you, she, um, it's a little weird, but I don't, it doesn't hurt yeah. me not. To do it, so I will do it. But I, one thing I kind of get a little bit weird about is like the whole like 72 genders types of thing. Just right. cause it's like you're a guy or you're a girl. And, and, and that's kind of what I was alluding to with the pronoun thing too, was like, uh, I'm fine with the he or the she, but like the, they and the them, that's weird. That's difficult it, to even do. It, it it really is. And like, that is where like, I feel guilty, but like, like that's, it doesn't make logical sense to me or like the, they and them saying they for somebody that's singular is like a fairly normal thing, but it's incorrect. According to the English language, it's right. It's impossible. It's just a strange, strange phenomenon. Yeah, where are they? Oh, they're standing over there. <laughs> that's just one person. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit strange, but I mean, like I said, it's all kind of something you get used to. Or if somebody corrects me and tells me what to call them, I'm going to fucking do my best to call them. Like, I'm not here to, like, upset them. Like, yeah, I don't want to bully anybody. Or, right, I'm not I mean, trying to offend. I, I just sometimes say things that I shouldn't, of course, but right. don't we all? 
but it's new. It's very new. And like I said, it'd be interesting to see like five years from now, which direction if it heads in, if it continues to go that direction or if maybe it goes the reverse direction or, or what happens. That's part of the reason why I was um, excited to start my podcast. I mean, it's cool to try to grow like a fan base and have people watch it and stuff. But the bigger thing was just like, it would be so sweet, like 10 years from now to be able to look back on like the opinions that I had on things and at length, the opinions I had on things and like conversations that I had with friends, conversations that I had with colleagues and, and this and that. Or like, could you imagine like if your dad, um, had a podcast where he did a video podcast right. and talked to all these random people when he was 25 and now you're 25. It's all, it's think, all kind of the legacy based thing of like, oh, yeah, for sure. That'd be the coolest thing ever. If I could watch my dad from 25 having conversations on video with like random people. Right. I mean, that'd be and interesting. Like I, or your, I feel, your grandpa. Right. Exactly. And I feel like for me, like I have all these thoughts in my head and like when I write them down, it just, it seems off or like, it just feels like I'm doing something wrong if I can't like explain myself or at least give some form of context. And even though like nowadays, I I feel like you have to lean strong one way or the other. Like you can't just be neutral about something anymore. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Or like, I feel like a majority of opinions like don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Or like, even if I think they matter, they don't. Or like, right. like people don't really care to hear about them. And it's unless you're on the far end of the spectrum, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that's why I feel like just it's all pointless opinions, which is the name of this podcast starting off. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep going with that, but it's just right. stupid how I feel like bacon is where all this started. You said bacon? Bacon. I feel like there was like a craze on the Internet of bacon for like a time and then everyone's just like you don't like bacon it's like no i like bacon but it's not like i don't worship it right so my world revolves around bacon and it's like the greatest yeah. thing in the country it is fucking good like i love bacon but yeah. i'm not gonna like tweet about it all the time right it's maybe not- you have the right bacon though is what i'm wondering i've actually like a ye- this last year i've eaten more bacon in the last year probably than the rest of my entire life Okay. And mind you, I'm in the same boat as you. I like bacon, but I don't know that I've ever actually cooked it myself. Like if I'm, if I'm at the grocery store, I'm going to skip the bacon. I'm not that worried about it. If I'm at a restaurant and they're like, you want bacon or cheeseburger? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? I mean, that's the, but like, maybe again, maybe I haven't found the right bacon. My dad found some bacon. He told my mom that he was going to leave her and marry the bacon because it was. <laughs> dogs are the other thing too. Dogs are the big one now. Like, why? I like dogs. Like dogs are cool. Oh, yeah. I like petting them. And like, there's right. a select few dogs, shout out Gunner, that I'm like a really big fan of. But generally speaking, it's like, I don't want a dog. I don't either. Like they're A, way too much work. B, right. like allergenic mm. or something. And they're like yeah. shit in the house all the time. I was going to say, to me, the biggest thing is keeping an animal like inside of the house. And I'm sure eventually I'll have a dog. Maybe if I get married and have kids, I'll be like, yeah, I want a dog and I'll probably get one. But as long as I'm like living by myself, basically, like I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a dog because it, like you said, it takes a lot of time. I think people sometimes forget how long they live. They live like 12 years. Right. Something like that. Like that means I could have this dog until I'm like 40 years old, basically. The one single pet. 
Yeah. And like a cat, yeah. everybody tells me to get a cat too. Like I like, I don't mind cats. I like them less than dogs, generally speaking, but I do like them in the aspect of they're like pretty self-reliant. You don't yeah, really have to like be there all the time, which is good, right. but I still like, don't want that. Like it gives me anxiety to think that another living thing is like relying on me for sustenance. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. And I, I agree with you in that if I wasn't allergic to cats, then I would much sooner get a cat than I would a dog right now. So low maintenance, you can leave them at home for two weeks. All they need is their litter box and like some food set out. And they'll probably glad you're gone. Are you actually allergic to cats? I feel like people use that as an excuse all the fucking time. (laughs) Well, I, I'm not like deathly allergic to cats, but when I'm near cats, I sneeze a lot. I feel like probably 90% of people will be like, Ooh, I'm allergic to cats when they just don't fucking like cats. And then nothing happens. Yeah. So that's, see, like, I, that's like the Minnesota way to say, I don't fucking like cats. It does seem like there's too many people allergic to cats. I do think that a lot of people are lying about it. Um, but if you ask, like, if you ask like the Carlson's, like if you ask Anna and Lindsay, when I go over to their house, when their cat would be hanging around, like my eyes would get swollen. My nose would start running. I would be sneezing nonstop. I would just, I would like be a mess. So it's, it's not like I like my throat swells up and I need to like get an EpiPen shot, but it's there. Are you, are you allergic to anything or like bee stings like that or anything? Um, I'm allergic to morphine. Um, I mean, I found, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <nice. laughs> morphine cigarettes. No, I found that out. Uh, I found that out the hard way when I shattered my kneecap. I had, uh, they put me in there pumping me full of morphine and all of a sudden my arm was like swelling and getting red and I like bumped the, the EMT. I'm like, is this supposed to be happening? He's like, holy shit, you're allergic to morphine. He's like, that almost got your heart. That would have been bad. And I was like, cool joke. <laughs> yeah. So they were like pumping through the IV and it just like spread through your arm. Yeah. Like you can, I mean, like, like a minute after he put it in, you could see my arm just start to swell and turn red and like travel up my body. And it like got to my shoulder right here. And then I was like, is this supposed to be happening? And he's like, holy fuck. <laughs> he's Isn't like, that scary when you see, when you can see like the panic on medical professionals faces? Yeah. It's yeah. It was worse because he was panicking more than I was. So I'm like, yeah. should I be panicking more than him? Because that seems like that should be the natural order of things. <laughs> right. Am I under panicking right now? I don't know. I got to take my shirt off and start rubbing my nipples in front of this guy. I don't know how to get his attention. But you feel free to do it right now too, if you want, but yeah, maybe, maybe next episode. I, uh, when I, I think I was in eighth grade and like my stomach hurt kind of, I just didn't really feel like going to school. Stomach hurt pretty bad for like three days. The fourth day, it felt better. And I was like, oh, I think I can go back to school. My mom's like, nah, stay home for one more day. I was like, you're the boss. Right. Fifth day, it hurt pretty exponentially worse. Yeah. So I was like, fine, I'll go to the doctor. Doctor shoves his finger up my asshole tells me that I got to go get a CAT scan. And I was like, okay, like, I feel like this happens all the time. People have never said like anything bad about it. Next thing you know, I'm drinking this, like probably this big, this is my uh, Walmart orange strawberry banana, but it was Tang that they had mixed with barium, which is what like lights up like the fluorescence, I think for your insides when they do the CAT scan. So I thought it was over then. Thought that was it. Everything's fine. I go put this gown on. They tell me to like lean over this thing. And I'm like, this, this isn't really good probably. And I swear to God, the doctor reaches up and takes like, there's a 
cylindrical thing that I swear to God, it says anal lube on it. Like no. label maker font. Like, like you, you gotta find another medical term for that. Like it's beyond <laughs> fucking straight Tom and Jerry. I should say, I don't know if it said anal lube, but I saw that thing and I saw him like reaching into it. I was like, this is not going to end well. He puts it on this like dick shaped tube. And he's like, yeah, this is uh, it's gonna- He had already put a finger in your butt at this point. So this is the second thing going into your butt doctor. in the day. They're just passing me around at this point. This is a different doctor. So, far, it's, like, so it's like one o'clock and you've already had two things put in your butt? Yeah. It was <laughs> arguably the worst day of my life, to be honest. <laughs> like, okay, it's going to feel like you got to go to the bathroom really bad. Just let me know. I don't even remember if it was a he or she. I was just panicking. And she, she, yeah, obviously. She, she was like, "Let me know, like when you when you've had enough, or like when you can't do anymore." When you've had enough, and like, yeah, when you can't do anymore. And I was like, "Okay." So they like <laughs> they put that thing in. They start like because they got a the tang mixed with the barium was only a part of it. So for that far in like the intestines or something, I don't know what the hell was going on, but you got to just inject a bunch of this barium so you can see something. And I was like, "Oh my." It was probably six seconds in. I was like, yep, we're done. Yep, we're done. Like, I no more. We're like, well, we got to get like 33 centiliters in. And I was like, are you serious right now? Oh, it was miserable. Then I had to hold it in the whole time they did the CAT scan. And then just chocolate rain, dude. It was unbelievable. Oh, my God. It was insane. It was like you took a five-gallon bucket of water and just poured it out. Oh. <laughs> and you had a CAT scan or enema or whatever the fuck they call that. Let me know I your a CAT scan was something with your head. I would I would almost damn near volunteer for one. I didn't even know that that's what happened when he did that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> Until that mushroom stamp. Right. I couldn't believe that you had. I couldn't believe that you had just grazed over the the finger in your butt thing. I was like, in my mind, when you said that, I was like, obviously we're coming back to this. That was like the foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of i mean i don't want to obviously have to have you relive it but like what kind of like diameter are we talking of this device that was in there oh we're talking diameter here uh i'm gonna go with probably maybe an inch in diameter it's not huge but it's enough to know he's that there was the shaft that was the shaft or the tube part but the i don't know about the mushroom stamp at the top there was a mushroom at the top i don't know if i'm just like remembering all this wrong but i swear to god it was like <laughs> like a prank. are you sure you're at the doctor's office i don't even know <laughs> i was shaped like a dick and they put it in my ass that's too that's too convenient that it's shaped like a dick after that i'm like sitting in the waiting room and like the doctors come out with the results and they like open it and i could see the fucking panic on the doctor's face and it like i still remember like it was yesterday and he's like oh we got to you got to get to surgery right now. Like you got to go to emergency surgery right now. So oh my apparently God. my appendix had blew up. <sighs> so that's yeah. why it felt better on the fourth days because all that pressure was relieved. Oh, but yeah. that toxic fluid was like all in my uh, organs and shit. Oof. Yeah. Cause that'll kill you. Right? Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what the doctor said. He was like, yeah, if you would have waited, I don't even know what the number is. I'm not going to pretend like it was five minutes by any means, but right. like, if you would have waited than- another day, you would have been dead. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm always surprised because uh, Andy Sorbin, um, when we were 18, we were living together and his appendix burst and he was like complaining about like how much his side hurts. And we all kind of thought he was a bit like he was a baby sometimes and complained a lot. So we're like, all right, 
Me too. Whatever. It's a big deal. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, I, I think I need to go to the ER. And it turned out, yeah, his appendix had burst. And they said, like, yep, yeah, you would have went like another 12 hours. You would have died. And like, how do more people not die from this? Like, we were giving him shit. When, when I first started hurting, I like went to basketball practice. My stomach had hurt real bad. And then I went to basketball practice and I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. This sucks a lot. And everybody's like, oh, you fucking pussy. You just don't want to run. You're just being a little bitch. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. this sucks. You have an organ that's exploded in your body. Oh, yeah. And then that happened. So that was cool. I think that's the closest I've been to dying. Have you been close to dying? Other than when you got uh, morphine, almost made it. <laughs> Um, close to dying. Honestly, I not, I don't know. Not really. I guess when I shattered my kneecap, I, what I did was I was like in the backwoods of spirit mountain snowboarding and I jumped off a cliff. And, uh, when I landed, my, my legs were fully compressed. So I wasn't able to like turn either direction. There's a tree right in front of me. And when the tree came, I like, I like went like this to avoid hitting my head on it and my kneecap hit it instead. And he said that, um, to do the damage that I did on my knee, I had to have been going a minimum of 30 miles an hour when I hit the tree. So yeah. he's like, if, he's like, if that was your head instead of your knee, you would have been, I mean, you would have died instantly. Like it would have, it wouldn't have been like, Oh, he's got a bad concussion. Like you'd be dead. Like you would have shattered your skull. Oh, because shit. My, my kneecap was in eight or nine different pieces and like my patellar ligament, which connects the patella to your quad that was completely snapped. And my quad had like pulled chunks of my kneecap up halfway up my leg and stuff. So it was like, it, I, I messed it up bad. So that was probably, I guess the closest I had come. That's metal, dude. That's yeah. Metal. Metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I mean, did you just have one surgery then for that? Or was it like, uh, yeah. I had, I had one surgery like the next day they, uh, they went in and then it was like a year and a half of physical therapy. It took me, I think four months to learn how to walk again because I, because they had to reattach uh, like a fake patellar ligament on my kneecap cause the old one had snapped. So I, it's not, it wasn't a cadaver, but it's something like that. And uh, I had to relearn how to like extend my knee. So I would like stand on my left leg and then I would try to like extend my right leg out. And I, had, I couldn't, it was so weird. It was like, I couldn't, t- I couldn't figure out how to tell my body to do it. That's got to be a strange feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's like having a tail and not knowing how to like move your tail. I That's just like, I, had my leg, I didn't know how to move it. So how, like, what does that process look like then? So it was, uh, for a few months they had my leg in a leg lock so I couldn't actually bend it I had I had to keep it straight while it healed so then uh, after we could bend it slowly we would like every time I went to the physical therapist which I think was twice a week he would move it like another two degrees or something and give me more room to bend and then eventually it was just like I would I started learning by like I would just on like those parallel bars and I would take one step and then I would swing my right leg yeah use your momentum uh, to like just with like using the momentum of like swinging my leg and then eventually i would like slowly start to learn to do it without swinging and it was, it was weird freaking, yeah it was it was crazy for sure really fucking weird yeah but that was after that happened that's when i decided to drop out of college and get my real estate license so kind of glad it happened in a weird way yeah i mean it reminded me not to take things for uh for granted that's for sure and you're not $20,000 in debt right now. Yeah, I was on my parents' health insurance at the time, which must have been fairly decent because, <laughs> like, yeah, it was like an $80,000 procedure that you had. Yeah. You I was thinking like about that now, too. I used to get um, these epidural steroid injections in my back. Mm-hmm. I have what's called spondylolisthesis, 
So my L5 and S1 vertebrae, they're supposed to be a bone holding them together, but it broke at some point or it never formed correctly. So okay. my L5 slips over my S1 and that those two have the uh, sciatic nerve pathways. So it'll, it pinches my sciatic nerve. So they do this steroid shot injection every like you can get one every handful of months or something. But once I got onto my own and I started to get my own insurance, I like looked into it again and I was like, holy shit, no. Yeah. No, fuck that. And I actually just went in a couple months ago to kind of reassess the situation and the doctor recommended those again. And it's like, it's like 1800 bucks out of pocket, I think. Oh, that's after, like, that's after insurance. Like (laughs) that blows my mind. Oh yeah. That's one thing that freaking health insurance drives me nuts. I actually just got a new health insurance plan, which is way better than my old one. So I'm, I'm a lot less complainy when it comes to, to health insurance, but I, I think it would just make sense that the people who are in better shape and take better care of their bodies are the ones that pay less in health insurance. It just it drives me crazy to see like people will walk out of the supermarket with like two 24 packs of Diet Mountain Dew, 16 bags of Lay's potato chips. And then I walk out with asparagus and chicken and they're probably paying less in health insurance than I am. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I see that side, but also it's like, I just hate that it's tied or kind of tied to employment. Like, right. so you said you get it through your job now, or do you have to go on your own? You're 1099, right? I have to, yeah, I have to do my own plan. So I think, uh, like from when I was, I, the, I was with Blue Cross Blue Shield for a couple of years and I paid $300 a month with a $6,000 deductible. So, I mean, anything short of me getting hit by a train, basically it was like, I, right. so for that reason, like I, I had like a couple of severe, like allergy attacks last summer and I didn't go into the hospital because I'm like, I don't want to have to spend $3,000 for them to just give me a Benadryl and sit in bed. But right. Yeah. The new one I have is it's 150 a month with, I think like a hundred and it's like a thousand dollar deductible. So it's like way better. So I'm, I'm less upset about it now, but. But it's crazy that like that happens every day of like somebody doesn't want to go to the doctor to try to fix something. That's like, you know, something bad is happening. Right. <laughs> you're having a fucking asthma attack or like that's uh not a great example but like i know people that don't go to the doctor when they fucking like break their leg or something because they don't have insurance uh, yeah no i mean that might be a stretch but, but one of my friends like passed out in a grocery store one time and somebody called an ambulance and they're like no i don't want that right but they came anyways right and then they're still having to pay for it and it's, yeah it sucks or it's like if when somebody like gets cancer or something, which is awful, like terrible, because I mean, sometimes people pass away when that happens. And it's like an intense, like couple of years of like chemo or the medication, right. all these things. And then on top of that, you have these ridiculous sized medical bills that you have to try to figure out how to pay when you're not working because you have right. cancer. It's insane. Like, I, I just don't, I don't really like, I don't have a, obviously don't have a solution for it, but it just feels like there's a huge disconnect between what it should be and what it actually is. And I, everybody talks about how other countries like, Oh yeah, their healthcare is all free and blah, blah, blah. But like that doesn't, that's not an apples to apples comparison. You never know what the quality is going to be, the wait times and like all that shit. Yeah, no. And and I'm, I'm fine with paying health insurance and the health insurance that I'm paying again right now, I'm paying like 150 with like a thousand dollar deductible, which honestly that's, that's totally fine. That sounds 
pretty legit. I get two free dental visits a year, which is something I've never had. So now I'm like, sweet. Now I can start going to the dentist again. Yeah. When was the last time you went to the dentist? I think I was like 19. So it was like six years ago when I had to get my wisdom, my wisdom teeth removed. I think what's an interesting idea though. And, uh, I read, uh, I don't know. Maybe you've read, it's called blockchain revolution. That book on blockchain. Obviously you've looked into blockchain a lot though, but they, they talked about all these different like theories and ideas and how blockchain can affect, affect markets. And uh, one of them was that like, so each, each person has their own blockchain and it's, it's all their information. No single company has control of it. Everything that they released from their blockchain is in their control of what they want to release. So everyone has their own independent blockchain. And then every time you buy something, every time you like go for a run, something like that, it's all, calculated and then your you release certain information to like a health insurance company and then your health insurance cost is relative to how you're treating your body right and honestly i'm guessing like fitbit and companies like that are selling that's what apple and uh, google amazon they're talking about doing health insurance well i was gonna say and they're if they're not doing it they're selling all that data to them Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It's yeah. that shit drives me fucking nuts. I mean, it doesn't drive me nuts because I get it. Like Facebook is a free service. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not free. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's free. You don't have to use Facebook if you don't want to. Kind right. Of thing. Exactly. But if I do, can you really delete it? I mean, but. right. Yeah. I, I don't even know if you can. I don't think Zuckerberg yeah. allows anybody yeah. to delete it. Exactly. But it's like, they know like everything about everyone. Right. Which I, I think I you talked about this on your podcast as well. Like the whole privacy thing or like right. at what point is it too much? And I, I try to like get upset about it. Like, like a lot of other people do, but for something like I don't, what's the issue if like Google knows what I've been Googling or if like Facebook knows my information? I think, mean, why is that? Why is that bad? It depends who, like whose hands it gets in. Right. But I mean, did you watch that documentary on Netflix? I can't remember what it's called. I was just going to try to Google it, but um, they talk about pretty much all that. Like the whole privacy thing. God, what was it? I'm trying to talk myself into. I'd be interested to watch it because I'd like to see like why it would be a disadvantage like to me, to be honest. I mean, the only thing that I could see is like, maybe I should be getting paid for my, uh, that asset, which is kind of like a new right. asset that we didn't see before, I guess I should be getting paid for it, but also I'm getting like free services. I mean, like Google, they're, they're targeting me with ads, but the ads they're targeting me with are more relevant to my life. So if anything, I'm like, okay, well, I would rather see an ad for things that are like mountain biking, things that are more relevant to me than see an ad for like cookbooks. And Um, that's that's cool with me, but like if they're actually, have you, I mean, I'm sure everybody has where you are like talking to somebody about something and then like five minutes later, the ads pop up. Yeah. Verbally speaking, not texting like that freaks me out. Yeah. I've seen, I don't know if that's like true though. I don't know. I feel like I've seen articles in the one circumstance where I a hundred percent believe that it's true is at my last job. I was talking to my old coworker, Barb, the lady Barb used to put out all the candy for Halloween and there was uh, Butterfinger skulls. They were in the candy dish. Nice. I'm not a huge Butterfinger guy. The crunchy and like the crumbs, 
Not a huge Butterfinger guy, but these skulls. I'd take a bullet for Butterfingers. I no, freaking love not a chance. They're so messy and just oh, like- Because of your doctor visit? Is that why you don't like Butterfingers? Yeah, that's exactly why. Thanks, Gage. <laughs> but these Butterfinger skulls though, they were like soft Butterfinger material. Right. So I was like, I ate one on my way to my desk and I walked by my old coworker, Brian. I was like, Brian, dude, you got to check out these Butterfinger skulls. They're fucking- nice. These bee skulls. Barb's yeah. got them in the dish. Barb. <laughs> so I go on Twitter at my desk because I obviously wasn't working. And I started scrolling Twitter and there's a fucking ad for Butterfinger skulls in my goddamn timeline. Yeah. There's just no way that that was coincidence. That is crazy. And I've had things like that happen to me before where I was like, wait a minute. Or like, it'll freak. I'll be like singing a song like with no music playing and then I'll turn Pandora on and that song comes on. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's but, but I mean, at the same time, it's, we're kind of using circumstantial evidence like with that. Because I mean, oh, it, it, the amount of times we're speaking about something and then we don't see an ad for it, like 100%. it's probably a million to one. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Because I've, I've tried doing things where like, I'm only going to talk about staplers for like the next four days. And I'm like, stapler, 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 stapler. And I never get an ad for a stapler coming. Right. But because their algorithm is so good, they know that you're doing that. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, this movie, the documentary is called The Great Hack. Okay. And it's on, it's on Netflix? Yeah, it was. Anyways, I don't, I'm guessing it still is. But yeah. then this documentary actually started getting me thinking that what could have happened is, because all the, like, all it is is a guess. Like, they don't know that I'm going to like Butterfinger. There's no possible way. But they do right. know that from Barb's credit card, they sold that, they could have sold that data or Target or wherever she bought them from, could have mm -hmm. sold that data to Twitter or whoever the marketing company on the side is. And they know that she works at Sick. Right. And I'm at that location and or they know I work there. Yeah. So they're like, well, there's about 30 different things. Let's toss the dart with the Butterfinger skulls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's possible. But again, like, let's say like everything that you're saying, let's say that that's hundred percent accurate. And you were a victim of ad targeting. Yeah. You were just talking about how dope those Butterfinger skulls were. And now you yeah. got ads for them. Like that's sick. Right. Like if I did want to buy them, I would have fucking bought it. It's right there. Just click a button. Yeah. If I'm, I'm super cheap. So I didn't buy them, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't have either, but yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I, I think the, what they talk about in this documentary is like, the illicit shit or like people cloning or like stealing your identity and those kind of things. That's the only thing I'm really worried about. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a genuine fear of course. So that, that could be something, but another interesting thing with like the blockchain stuff is so like, let's say we start keep collecting this data within our blockchain rather than like Facebook, Google or Apple or these big tech companies collecting it, we can actually start to sell that information off to other people rather than these big companies doing that. Right. And they have, I know there's something, I saw an ad or an article for an app that does something like that where you can sell your data, but hmm. it's, I, I think the dude said it was not worth it, not nearly worth the money say, it doesn't seem doesn't seem plausible right now right because facebook call just, Google and be like i'm gonna yeah. i will sell you for fifty dollars all of the work <laughs> and i've been using yahoo so i know you can't see it but not <laughs> a penny less i know yeah. my worth all right i know my fucking worth all right yeah, I know what I want. <laughs> but yeah like it like that shit is just crazy. or like the terrifying part is like somebody's tried to steal my identity twice before 
or like Ugh. credit cards in my name. Yeah. It, it's more just like the inconvenience, which is a fucking super privileged thing to say, but it's just uh, annoying. Same as like when your wallet gets stolen, the worst yeah. part is like replacing your ID and your credit cards and stuff. Yeah, it's just so annoying. Like, at least make it worth it if you're going to, you better put a dent on my credit card if you're going to steal that motherfucker. Yeah. Something. I should be able to get to see what you bought. Yeah, exactly. You should get it like maybe like it's like once, like on the weekends, every other weekend or something like that. You're like a, a recently divorced dad with his kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So you bought this above ground pool. I get it. You guys are going to love it, but you got to let me come over once a week and just splash splash. Getting like sign a full blown contract. I won't be in it. I'll be in it once. That's it. Those contracts will be on the blockchain soon too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that is a stretch, but like mortgages and shit. Oh yeah. To say soon is I mean it's price stretch, but like ten years, I think that it could uh I think it could be it could be crazy. It could mean it makes like it essentially could make everybody like an entrepreneur because they all have it. like you wouldn't need things like Uber and uh like food dudes and all these middlemen that are like between you and then the other consumer that wants it. You can just do it directly through blockchain. Just send out a message like, yep, I need somebody to come mow my lawn. And then boom, you get notifications. People are like, oh yeah, I'll come right over or I need a ride somewhere. I mean, technically you can do that now. I guess. Yeah, but, I'm, but you need a medium. Right. There's the intermediaries, but I, I still think there has to be some sort of intermediary for somebody to mow your lawn for 20 bucks say maybe like, i guess you i mean what what would it be i mean there would have to be some sort of sort of platform though right well you can communicate though from blockchain to blockchain through like so you're saying each different blockchain is like basically their own software package i'm not a software genius but uh, yeah i'm just trying yeah. to envision how i see what you're saying like how it would work though and like that line of thinking I feel like is going to be huge or like the one example I think from the real estate realm that I saw, it was probably five years ago too, was like the inspection, like everything would be in the central database and the contract could only go through if all those boxes were checked and all the numbers were right. And like right. then it would automatically process and you wouldn't have to deal with the title companies, the banks, the lenders, like it's all yeah. just kind of built in. It's uh, definitely a stretch, but what I don't think is much of a stretch is we're, I was arguing, half arguing with somebody the other day. Do you think retail banks with actual cashiers or tellers per se will exist in like 10 years? I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, I, I personally like, I actually like going to the bank over, like doing direct deposit. I, I could have signed up for direct deposit years ago. I refused to do it just wait, because I wait, direct deposit. You don't even do. Uh, no, I, 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 oh my I God gauge. This is why this quarantine thing is driving me nuts. Cause I love the interaction with like people. Like I become friends with the bank tellers. Same with like, I'll be like, Hey, what's up? Here I am back again. They're like, you must've got paid. I'm like, yep, you know it. Or like, like what I had, I like when I get parking tickets, you can pay them online, but I'd much rather go down into the city hall and like talk to that woman. And I actually have a funny story about that. I think I've told it on Snapchat before. 
But uh, I, I think like a couple of years ago, I got so many parking tickets that I like genuinely developed a re- like not a relationship with like this parking ticket woman where I would come down. She'd be like, Gage, looks like you got another one. I'm like, yeah, you know me. I don't pay those meters. And uh, she, I came down one time and she's like, she's like, Gage, actually, I have a, a interesting story for you. My son, he just found out that his wife is pregnant with a boy and they couldn't think of any good names. And then I remembered you and I'm like, Gage. I always thought that was a nice name. So I suggested it to them and they're going to name their baby Gage. So I, I, I visited the parking ticket office so often that this woman's grandson was named after me basically. Yeah. See, but that's the kind of thing like you wouldn't get that if I would have just been like, well, I'm just going to go online, pay it. I just love like the slight chance that like something irregular may happen right. while you're doing this. Like I'm at the bank and I see a seagull smack into the side of somebody's head crossing the street. Like that's not going to happen when you're sitting at home. And I wish I had that mindset more because I'm just fucking lazy. Like convenience <laughs> is king for me. If I can pay something online or do literally anything online instead right. of, I hate talking on the phone too. I hate it more than anything. Especially, yeah, I'm not, I don't like it at length really. Yeah, I I can't stand it. But then I look like you talk on the phone voluntarily for 150 people to try to sell them a house. Right. But they're short conversations. Yeah. I guess you don't really have to get into anything deep in that one. No, they're I mean, they're typically really short because it's usually just, hey, you want to buy a sale of house? Nope. OK. How'd you get my number? Don't worry about it. Talk to you later. And then that would be hey. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's a. I could have gotten sued for because I, I didn't check the do not call list. I mean, I would. Right. I call everybody because I tried checking the do not call list. Turns out everybody's on that list. I'm like, if I do that, I have nobody to call. <laughs> so, I, so I, and then so they, if they brought it up, I would just be like, whoops, sorry, wrong number. And then my office got. They started getting like one complaint call a week of about like this kid cold calling all of these people. So then, huh. Well, you should probably stop doing that. He said it like at a sales meeting. So all the agents were there. He's like, just so you guys know, if you're cold calling out of the phone book, you should probably be checking the do not call list, stuff like that. Everybody just looks at me. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, cold calling out of the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of idiot would do that? Yeah, exactly. Everyone looks at the 20-year-old wearing suspenders. Yeah, guilty as charged. Is judged. Yeah, I just feel like banks, like everything, I haven't gone to a physical bank. I work for a bank and I haven't gone to a physical bank in probably years. That's crazy. I love the bank. I love the mall. I love the bank. I love Walmart. I love Target. Oh, dude, I love Walmart for sure. Yeah. Target, I'm lukewarm. Aldi is my new favorite, but mm. I, I used to like the bank in Ironton, the Wells Fargo in Ironton. I used to go there all the time. I was pals with them. Like they knew me by name, like you're talking about. And like, yeah, it, I really enjoyed that. And then women over there. haven't, haven't had it since they closed a couple of years ago. I think. Seriously. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. They closed straight up. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. See, I, and I, I like going to like, I like going to places like target, but I like doing it kind of when I have my own agenda, like I'm in there. And maybe I'm in a hurry. Maybe I just kind of want to browse video games that I don't intend on buying. Like I, but when I have to go in there for someone else, like if I'm with like, for some reason, my mom or something like that, and she's shopping, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, let's wrap this up. Like, you really, you got to try it on. Are you serious? I can't believe you're saying this. Like I've felt like that. I, I just don't like being on somebody else's timeline. And I thought that just made me an asshole. Maybe it does, but like, I love oh, yeah, going to and not having, like, like you said, not having a plan or like having your own. Yeah. 
I might, I mean, I, maybe I wind up in the ladle aisle and I'm like, I've always wanted a ladle. Why not? You, it's like, uh, it's 43 cents. And I was like, I'll take fucking a handful of them. Cost me money not to buy this thing right now. But if I'm with somebody and they wind up in the ladle aisle and I find them like, maybe I buy a ladle, maybe I'm oh, not. I'm like, nuts. This is, this is probably the worst day of my life. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you just get what you need and let's you get out. You told me what you needed and you don't have any of that in your fucking cart yet. Yeah, no, exactly. Also, so if, you, if you actually do have ADHD, apparently that's like a big symptom of it. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I've been getting cold since I was in kindergarten and then I have ADHD. I, yeah. That's a, from what I've been, I've been doing a lot more research lately because I've been yeah. trying to delve into my mental health, but that's like one of the big things is having that weird impatience mm. or like having your own like moving at like moving at like your own pace essentially. Yeah. Things that I have to move at somebody else's pace. I'm like, fucking what? Yeah. And <laughs> like, oh, that's the other thing is like the impulse buying of like yeah. I do that constantly. Like shit that I don't even need. Like ladles. It's like, yeah, I've always wanted a nice, nice ladle. Yeah. I love like, it. I love doing that kind of I what I don't do is I don't impulse buy online. I don't buy anything online. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Because the those even if it's on Amazon and I'm uh, and it only takes two days. Those two days of waiting for something to come in the mail is torture. It's oh, absolute shit, torture. You're a full blown millennial, then, huh? Oh yeah, I can't. I can't do it. it but uh, like everybody else is like, dude, that's so dumb. It literally comes in like 48 hours, and I'm yeah, like, or less usually. I will pay an extra 25 percent for an item if it means that I can walk out of the store and then unwrap it in my car. Like if I get like an Apple Watch, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, and then, that I can see for sure immediately. That I can see for sure. That's I bought my AirPods at an Apple store like three years ago. And that yeah. was like, I, I'm getting nostalgia from that moment of like unboxing it, like trying it out. It's like, fuck yeah, this is tight. Apple does a wonderful job. It's like an experience unboxing yeah. Apple yeah. products. Cause it's always like, there's two boxes and one always just oh, like, yeah. there's a vacuum. So it like, yeah, yeah, and then it's like, signed ah, an apple and you're like, oh yeah. Peel off of it and like, oh yeah. <laughs> I hate peeling off the plastic though. What? Oh yeah. I hate peeling off plastic. I'm trying to see if my TV still has it on and it doesn't, but it did for a long time. I hate it. I wish there was like two miles of plastic on a screen that I could just like put over my shoulder and just sprint. I think, I think once the plastic is off, it signifies that it's not new anymore to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess like it's, it's not pristine. It's not like, and if I do fuck it up, like before, if I accidentally mark it with a goddamn Sharpie, I can just peel that plastic off. No problem. I know, but then it's off again. I know. It's, I'm not a plastic guy, you know? I guess I I'm, I'm a plastic, plastic guy, I should say. I do like peeling that stuff off. But my uh, my laptop's at 1% right now. I honestly could die at any minute. I don't have my charger with me. I'm at my office. Oh, damn. You're at the office, huh? Yeah, essential worker stuff. <laughs> This was fun. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed this. The time actually went fast and I was supposed to be working this whole time. So oh, yeah, it's been like two and a half hour or an hour and a half. Yeah, dude. But yeah, I'm down to uh, continue at a later date too. Or Sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm down to come back on anytime and, and shoot the shit. I could talk. I need, I need talking right now. There's not much of that going on. Oh, what's your like social media or whatever for the, for your podcast? Uh, it's the high five with Gage Hartman. I just, I just use my personal Instagram to promote it. Um, but otherwise, it's on YouTube, The High Five with Gage Hartman. It's on iTunes, Spotify, The High Five with Gage Hartman. Sweet. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember I listened to a handful. I can't remember the last one I listened to, but Millie was on there. I remember that. Yep. Millie. 
she's turned me down so many times. I keep hitting on her. I, just, <laughs> I couldn't, I just found out like recently that she has a boyfriend now, but like, nice. cause I, I like, I kind of like went on a date with her a couple of times. And then after hey, you like, you me from one of them or called yeah, me. Or after, after like the second time that we had hung out and got drinks, um, I hit her up and I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm kind of digging you. And then she basically was like, no, I'm not feeling it. And then I was like, can we please come on my podcast and talk about it? You got content out of it. That's the name of the game. Now, every time I, well, the tavern's closed now, but every time I went to the tavern on the hill, I would always have a pickup line for her or something like that. It was, it was sick. Nice. Now she's a boyfriend, so I better, better not. Better ratchet it up a notch. Yeah, exactly. Play some more game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. We'll take it easy, Gage. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk yeah. to you later. Sounds good. Peace. Bye.